Hello and welcome to another Five at the Back Soccer Podcast coming live to you on this Black Friday. Uh, it's only a threesome tonight. Maybe I shouldn't have put it that way. Uh, there are three of us tonight. <laughs> it's myself, I'm Charles, here with Kyle and Jen. Everybody else is uh, recovering from their Thanksgiving coma. Uh, I'm sure they had way too much uh, pecan, pecan pie, whatever, pecan. Whichever, whichever way you say it, says it. Um, and yeah, that's a, uh, I, we of course hope that all of our listeners have had a wonderful, wonderful holiday break. Uh, we, I think all of us did. Kyle, Jen, great yes. time. I, I ate Thanksgiving like it was a job and put myself into a food coma and came to today. So I'm, I'm just happy to be here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're done now without all the, well, not done now with the eating. I'm, I'm sure we got plenty of leftovers, but uh, we're ready for uh, soccer to kick back in because that's, uh, that's really what we're here for. Um, before we get into our recap of the games of the previous week, uh, we're going to talk about probably the, 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 some of the most talked about news in, in recent days, Ole is no longer at the wheel. All of the, uh, all of the Liverpool fans and the Chelsea fans and the, uh, city fans are now deeply, deeply heartbroken, uh, that their favorite manager of all time has left his post. At United. I think you. I think you overestimate how much I care about who coaches at Man United. Nope, not a, not even a little bit. Uh, we we know you look up to them and uh, and follow their lead and uh, understand their impact on the game and how much that's uh, <laughs> how much that drives your spirit on a day to day basis, Kyle. Um, but yeah, so uh, Ole's gone. Uh, to my relief, personally, uh, the relief of many many a Man United fan. Uh, his tactical acumen was strained uh, significantly this season uh, now that he actually finally had the players in theory that he needed to compete and it showed and he showed that he couldn't compete with those players because he relied on his uh, trusty old tropes and and his midfield pivot of McFred which doesn't work it just doesn't and uh, yeah so big news that has come out over the last 24 hours uh, Ralph Ragnick a, uh, a German football manager who is currently at Lo- uh, Lokomotiv Moscow uh, has agreed to come in on an interim basis for the next six months. Uh, and it's part of the reason why he's done this. Most, most managers are not like keen to jump in for uh, you know, a few months, but uh, after his six month interim term, he will take on a two year con- uh, consulting role with United, whereby he will have power to make uh, decisions regarding development in uh, across the academy programs and, and the youth teams, and then also the Man United main team as well. So a lot of speculation going that he may take over as an official director of football role, which is something we have said that United has needed for a very, very long time. And based on his record as a, a developer, this could be an extremely, extremely important role for him to take on and beneficial to United. Um, yeah, so uh, all signs pointing towards him being here just in the short term and then taking on that consultancy role um, and possibly, possibly, fingers crossed, United are, are uh, in the running to actually have Ten Hag take over in the summer, which would be phenomenal. He said 
you know, he, he's, he would not leave before the end of this, of this current season. Um, and all reports coming out right now are saying that he's interested in the job and the Ajax would do nothing to stand in his way if he, if he chooses to move. So signs pointing in the right direction. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, I was not a, once, once I realized what this season was going to be, I wasn't, I couldn't really expect much. And so realistically our, our hopes are, to perform decently in the champions league. Uh, I don't see any reason why we would win it. Uh, but, uh, I think, uh, still finishing in the top four is, is possible for us for this season. And I think that that's gotta be our aspirations, uh, moving forward. So any, any comments or input on this, uh, on this sacking from either of you two? Well, Kyle, I just, cause I, you're part of one of their chat groups, just, from an outsider's perspective, um, how how emotional was the this process to watch as an outsider? Uh, it was a lot of fun because I've been through <laughs> I've been through many many manager changes myself. Uh, usually, as the lone Chelsea fan, um, I had to go through it last year with them, and they were nothing but unsupportive. <laughs> um, but it, it was interesting because they were all everybody could see the end for Ole except for the Glazers apparently it took them very very long to see that Ole was not the guy um, uh, so I know everybody in that little group chat is excited that he's gone um, I think like Charles said the end goal I think is still to get Ten Hag in there and if Ragnix is going to take a consultancy role at the end of the season and they bring in 10 hog. I mean, you go from having uh, a listless manager to having a top tier tactician with a really good front office guy within six months. So if the Glazers play their card, right, which is always up for debate. Um, <laughs> 100%. Man United may have stumbled into a really good hire here. Um, he's got his fingerprints all over. German football. He's got his fingerprints all over the Premier League right now with two of his top acolytes uh, guiding Chelsea and Liverpool. So I I want to say it's a bad hire, but it's not. Um, I'm just glad the whining's over. I'm sure it'll pick up as soon as they see Fred on the team sheet still. <laughs> but um, I think for now, they're everybody's happy. I, I think we will do likely do a a, a United only mini pod uh, coming up very soon, kind of to kind of yeah. talk more about Ralph and and his tactics and whatnot. But um, yeah, as what Kyle said is is a hundred percent accurate. He is he was uh, a mentor to Tuchel and Klopp and Julian Nagelsmann, who's still in the in the Bundesliga at the moment. And um, so the style of play that you see out of them you're going to see at United now as well with the higher press and the more attacking forward football, uh, which honestly is what most United fans have been asking for, for a really long time. They want to see attacking ball. Uh, Ferguson had a very attacking style of play and we've wanted that ever since he left. So we feel, I think most United fans feel that we have the players for that type of a system. And, and as much as, as it's a, it's a joke about Fred, this actually might be a much, much better system for Fred because he's excellent at pressing. Uh, he was stranded because he was asked not to press. He was asked to sit back and do something he's not familiar with, or not, I shouldn't say not familiar with, but not, not as good at. 
Uh, so, I mean, it was his pressing in the game, which uh, created the, the first goal over Villarreal this, this past week. So it's, it's something that he might actually thrive in, but I doubt we will see a midfield pairing of him and McTominay going forward. There'll be a little swap. There. You might this weekend, friendo. Well, yeah, but that's because he's, he's not, Ragnick's not yeah, in charge. He's not, yet. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, not no, here. He's not here yet. But <laughs> yeah, I think once, I think once he gets in, um, the days of seeing McTominay and Fred in the same midfield will yeah. uh, be a bygone era. And and based on what I've seen, uh, you know, early early you know musings about Ragnick's style and, and offensive formation, uh, we may see a situation where uh, Bruno and Donny Van de Beek will be able to work cohesively together on the same pitch and and thrive. So that's honestly like one of the biggest possible things that I'm excited about is getting Donny in there and letting him actually play like that's, that's been the biggest hindrance is he's not even been allowed on the field. Do, do you um, think Donnie will feel like a brand new signing? It, it, it has the potential <laughs> to do that. I mean, it really does. I mean, both mm. for him and for the fans and that's, you know, the, the only thing that any player can ask is for a chance. And what, I think what most people were miffed at is we spent so much money on him, such a smooth transfer process. And he was promised the opportunity to try to show what he's got and he was never really given that shot. I mean, uh, I think prior to the – he started uh, the game against uh, Villarreal this past week, and uh, prior to that, I think he had something like 17 or 18 Premier League minutes. Yeah. Minutes. Like, not games, minutes, which is insane for a player of his caliber. So and He came on at halftime against Watford and scored too. Yeah, okay, so, yeah. But was that – was that Watford? Yeah. Okay. He was the only goal. He scored the only goal in that game. Okay. He scored. Yeah. I think they scored like two minutes after the half, and it was just, it's it's crazy to think that, like you said, the player that was brought over for that amount of money, mm-hmm. you know, when you spend that kind of money on a player, it's not so they can ride the bench, you know, and right. you just, <clears throat> you can't watch that United team week in and week out and think he can't add something to that team. Exactly. Um, exactly. It'll be interesting to see how he plays under Ragnick. Um, I think he'll be used to it because he's played under Ten Hag, and I'm sure Ten Hag is a stickler for positioning and being where you need to be and doing what you're asked to do. So, yeah. and and Donny's got a motor on him. I mean, he's he's not willing to he's not unwilling to work. I mean, he's usually one of the guys that's it's up and back. He's he can be a box to box midfielder. Um, you know, he's familiar with playing the eight, the six, and the ten. Uh, he it's it's he's got a lot to offer and to to not utilize that and to think that that Fred and McTominay are your are your best options uh, when you're not creating anything at all is it was just it was like banging your head against the wall and that was the the crazy part for me I mean uh, there were a lot of jokes going around that you know, Fred and McTominay the only direction they knew how to play was backwards and I mean you these are midfielders their job, their whole job is to connect, like connect the front lines to the back lines, the middle to the outside and switch, you know, switch the point of attack. And if they're, if the jokes are all that they're playing one direction, it's probably because they're only playing in one direction and that's not good. So anyway, real quick, we're going to kick over and recap some of the champions league games that went on this week. Uh, we had some, some interesting change changes in position. Um, couple of games that didn't go quite as planned, but for the most part, I would say 
results, you know, were, were as they were, were supposed to be. I mean, uh, Chelsea played, had Juventus at home and basically Chelsea put Juventus in the corner. Yeah, we walked, we walked Juventus off the pitch on Tuesday. It was probably those, that game and the the game at the weekend against Leicester were probably the two most complete back-to-back performances we've had all season. Mm -hmm. Um, Chelsea from minute one to the 90th minute just completely dominated Juventus. And they did the same in Turin. The only thing we couldn't do in Turin was score a goal. And I mean, they had one chance they took it, they scored in Turin. Um, But I mean, over 180 minutes, Chelsea were clearly the better team of the two. And they showed it on Tuesday. I mean, they were playing some, they were doing whatever they wanted. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, there was, they were able to clip the ball over the top to, take advantage of Juventus's old center back pairing. Um, and Juventus was missing a lot of players, mm-hmm. uh, but they weren't missing a lot of players in Turin either. And we still dominated that game with the exception of scoring. So it was nice to see the only downside was Ben Chilwell getting hurt. Um, and it seems. And he's like, hurt, hurt, for, right? Yeah. They, they think he has a micro tear in his ACL. So it's, they mm-hmm. think it might not be as bad as a full blown tear. So they're going to rehab it until the end of the year and then reassess and see if he needs surgery. But I mean, that was the worst part of the game was him getting hurt. I mean, it was, it was just beautiful to watch. Yeah. Another game that went as planned uh, Liverpool versus hosted Porto. And though, you know, I made jokes online about Liverpool and how, you know, how long it took them to, to kind of set off. I, there was there was never any doubt for Liverpool in that game. They they played uh, confidently, uh, took took control of it. I mean, put two past Porto, um, and and realistically, I mean, Jen, you can can kind of give us a little bit more insight. But this, I think only Porto were the Porto players were probably the only ones that thought that they had a chance. Yes, I I think I think that's a, a safe kind of evaluation. Uh, it was it was a a game that we didn't have our um, s- all of our starters in, and so it was really good to get the chance to see some of those um, secondary players that don't always get as much playing time. Um, there were two honestly really pretty goals that were declared um, by VAR as being offsides, which was kind of a bummer. But um, did you guys get the chance to see? The highlights of Tiago's, mm-hmm. like, he—he's no one's ever gonna shut up about that goal. It's a world class goal. It's a world class goal. We, I mean, think about it. We eventually moved on from the whole, you know, Allison's like header. So mm-hmm. eventually, we're we're gonna find something else to <laughs> to you know be Gaga over. But I don't yeah. I don't think so. Tiago does one thing every six months, and you guys lose your shit. So. Well, part of that is like that's why he was, you know, like he was hired. So yeah, it's November. It's November now, so you'll hope pop up in April again and do something ridiculous, and that'll be it. Okay. Okay. You know. Hope hope it's against Dallas. Um, I did think it was funny. Um, James Milner was on, you know, just a, you know, for what like less than ten minutes, and already got a yellow card. Like it's. Mm -hmm. You know, James Milner being James Milner, yep. which was fabulous, the old man. <laughs> um, and all, it was just, it was an entertaining game to watch. It was cool to see some young kids step up. Um, 
yeah, no, I mean, it was, it was a nice relaxing game of football. So mm-hmm. it was nice. Very true. So. Very true. I say in the, uh, the other, the other two matches, the, the other two Premier League teams playing in the Champions League still, the uh, what City. What about Spurs? Oh, no, they're, they're never. No. Oh. No. They're, they're in, never. They're in the UEFA League of Resident. Uh, Losers that lose to Mara. Right. There, that's yeah. them. That's them. Hey. We, we, will, we will get to them in just, in just a moment. <laughs> um, uh, okay. But the other, we had City played PSG. And this one was um, almost perfect timing because, I mean, once again, PSG has the, the team filled with what should be superstars that should be just, you know, running circles around Flying, other teams. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't how that game was going at all. Um, City fairly well um, had control over it. Yeah. I mean, PSG did score. Uh, but, but I mean, that was city's game, the entirety, it probably should have been four, one, maybe five, one even. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, in my opinion, it was perfect timing because it showed why we don't want Pochettino on our sideline. Pochettino is a, is a fine manager who w- w- works fa- really well at a club like Spurs. Um, but he's not ready to take, care, <laughs> take charge of a, of a, of a top club, uh, that, that has real title aspirations. So, um, thank You're you. Like, he's thank a you fine City. manager over yeah. there. Yeah, like, exactly. He's fine yeah. over there. He, he will do really, really good things at that mid-table club. Um, so yeah, it's uh, thank, I kind of I have to say thank you to Pep because he should he helped show why why we should not take Poach. Um, and then United played Villarreal. Uh, honestly, that game I was not expecting much of anything at all, given. Uh, Michael Carrick was taking over. Ole had literally been sacked less than 48 hours prior. Um, but we, we, we came out with a plan. The, 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 for, for some reason, it, it, the plan was let's soak up the pressure that, that Villarreal are going to be putting on us. And um, I was a little bit you know, worried with that because our, our defense still does not um, – exude confidence by any means uh Juan Basaka and uh well shot in play he's out still with a head injury and uh so Telus played Telus Telus can be very good but he needs game time he needs to, to work on his consistency um but you know midway through the second half made switches brought on Bruno brought on Marcus Rashford and immediately the game changed and United were on the front foot the entire uh, last part. Uh, like Fred, like I said, Fred's pressure uh, forced a, a defensive error by Villarreal, and Ronaldo was able to poke one home. And then uh, Jaden Sancho got on the score sheet, first uh, goal for United. Uh, glad, glad he was able to do that finally, get 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 the monkey off his back. And uh, now, hopefully, he's going to feel a lot more confident going forward because we definitely need him to start scoring more. We we yeah. could use his his prowess, if you will. I thought your offensive strategy of having Villarreal pass you guys the ball worked out really well. Uh, you know, <laughs> at times, at times it really did. But they, uh, they I mean, couple, some of those yeah. that the first goal you guys scored, yeah, Fred did a real good job pressing. But let's be honest, he didn't have much to press. That was an awful pass oh, to that terrible. player. I, I, but he was, I was he was there to do his job, which you can't always say he's been there to do his job. <laughs> so, no. and it was a hell of a finish from Ronaldo. Anyone who gets Fred to do his job is is okay in my book. So it yeah. was, I'm pretty excited yeah. about that. And it was a, 
both really nice actually. Yeah, now that I think about it. Ronaldo Ronaldo's placement on that goal was was actually fantastic. I mean, to turn around and, and one time lofted over the keeper and, and tuck yeah. it just inside the post. I mean, that's that's real class right there. And then Sancho's was upper ninety off the off the bottom of the crossbar. Yeah, I, I love a good I love a good ball. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, all right. Let's uh, let's move on to some uh, some Premier League stuff. Let's uh, I'm talking too much Europe. Let's uh, move on. Talk about this week's games coming up. Last week's games were nothing really to write home about overall. Uh, I, I, I don't remember anything that really stood out to me that uh, was stellar. You know, nothing that we're like, wow, we got Chelsea gonna... were stellar. At what? They were. They were. They were great from start from minute one to minute nine. It was the most complete game we've played in the Prem all season. Against who? Leicester City. Who? Yeah, you know. The team that just Leicester lost City. to Arsenal? Yeah, not no for the want of trying. Let's move not on. for the want of trying. <laughs> no, you guys actually did. First one. Well. Wait, but when? No, they weren't in the league. Sunday. <laughs> Spurs did win, but then I I almost skipped over it. And Villa and came their EVG. European Conference League. Yeah. So okay. So did you guys watch the game at Which all? One? Spurs, Spurs versus Mura. Or Mira? every time yeah. I see it, I think like Murica. Like I just <laughs> like like I I have to be like no, it's not the redneck saying America. Yeah. Um, like I have to remind myself. But honestly, they they did pretty good. I mean, they were down a man for a big chunk of the game and didn't look like they were only playing with ten men. So, um, and, and why were they down a man, Jen? Because somebody had gotten two yellow cards, and at, that's at what, bad. At what mark in the game? Do, do you remember? Early. The 32nd minute. In the 32nd okay. minute, Ryan Sessegnon goes lunging after a ball when he's already on a yellow. Yeah. So anyway, all right. So kind of ill-advised. <laughs> um, I mean, being a United fan and watching Harry McC- Guard do that exact same thing not a week ago. You can relate. Yeah, but it, at least he did a little later in the game. He waited till he was That's angry. True. <laughs> That's true. The, I think Fair. the funniest part was that Conte had spoken about wanting to see Sessignon play. He was excited to see what the kid and he had. did for 30 minutes. Um, yep, 30 yeah. whole minutes. So we'll see. We'll see how many notes Conte took on uh oh, man. good old Ryan Sessignon there. My favorite part. But, like Go the ahead, quote from Conte yeah. afterwards about like, yeah, there's problems. It's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Or his version of that. But yeah. And that's, that's what my favorite part was because I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if Conte can turn Spurs around. That's left to be he seen. I, he, yeah, maybe he can. can, maybe he can't. I mean, it, it is possible that Spurs is not fixable, but the best part about this is it's it's now becoming more glaringly obvious that the things that we've been talking about with regard to you know where Spurs are lacking players, where they're lacking direction, where they're lacking you know shape, style, whatever you want to call it, it it's finally coming to light as it, it's not just, oh, well, this one player had a bad day or this one player, as soon as we move this one player out, we're going to be moving on, we're going to be fine. Spurs have have issues and Spurs have been, yeah. not been recruiting as well as they think that they have. And it, it, can Conte fix it? Possibly. Yes. There's a, there's, there's potential. 
he's he's shown he can do well at other clubs and i i'm not going to say he can't fix it i'm we just don't know yet but i i would really say it's it. not a matter of can he it's the will he won't he like he can i think he's got the chops as a manager it's whether he's going to encounter roadblocks behind the scenes and i mean there's it's, there's obviously moving really parts it's but. spurs he's going to encounter roadblocks behind yeah. the scenes right that's almost a guarantee Right. Um, right. Now, I say I will say Spurs were losing one nothing with their practically their developmental squad, and when they brought in their Premier League players, they tied it up. But it's almost it's definitely an indictment on Spurs that you had to bring in four uh, Premier League players, like your Harry Kane. Not just like you brought in Harry Kane and you brought in Hungman Son. I mean, you brought in the heavyweights against a yeah. team. That plays in Slovenia. I mean, this is their they, highlight of potentially their entire, you know what I mean? Organization. They, pl- they played on the fields I thought existed in Sweden. That's how <laughs> bad the field was. It was awful. It looked like they were playing at a high school field. It was, yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting time for Spurs right now. But by being so honest and being so upfront with the work that needs to get done, I mean, maybe, and this is something that, you know, I think we've all kind of seen people express, especially the the Spurs fans, is by being so upfront, maybe he will head off some of that resistance um, or at least gain some goodwill amongst the the fans. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you're right, but when you mention like that, you don't want to be, you don't want your brashness and your upfrontness to gain you just goodwill with the fans. You want it to garner some action from the board and it was the same issue he had at Chelsea that second year when we didn't bring in the players he wanted he was attacking pretty much the board and Granovskaya every inner every post-match press conference he had after the summer and then the January windows and it's just you know you can't do that and not win games and I mean obviously it's very 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 early with Conte at Spurs and I do think he has the ability to turn it around, but it's it's not the best start to life under Conte, but it can't be any worse than still having uh, Nuno at the helm. So, kind of an interesting uh, thing that I was just noticing. Um, I was looking back at Mira and where the, the their record and how they've been doing um, since the. Since August the 12th, Mira has only won one game where the other team didn't get a red card. Kind of okay, so part of their strategy have? is to is get red cards. Get red cards. <laughs> and have the numerical <laughs> advantage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, shit. Get it how you okay. live. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah, that's kind of an impressive record right there. I mean, the, the, the sheer volume of red cards that have been, that they've oh, had. I'm, I'm, is, is I'm impressive. sure the technical ability in the Slovenian league is top notch, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh, and this, well, that, that covers Slovenian league and UEFA Conference League and their other tournaments as well. It's just kind of oh, uh, it's rather impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it must pay the refs every game. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, definitely. I feel bad that we're all thinking that, that we're uh. all like, huh. <laughs> Yeah. I'm calling uh, okay. shenanigans. All right, let's uh, let's kick on to uh, this weekend's games in the Premier League. Uh, Kyle, you 
and I are not allowed to be friends until uh, about. Oh, no, I'm at I'm at war with our entire group chat. Yeah, what are we? We're not friends until what, like two o'clock on Sunday? Uh, depending how the game goes, it might be earlier than that. <laughs> fair, that's uh, fair. Oh man, Chelsea hosting Man United. Uh, Chelsea leading the table, uh, playing high flying football right now. Realistic. I mean. Out of the, out of your last like six games, I think you have you've scored less than three goals once, or something like yeah, that. We're, yeah, we're uh, we're flying high right now. Um, yeah. Tuchel's got every Tuchel's got everybody playing where he wants them to play, how he wants them to play. Um, you know, we're just if we're in a good we're we're in a good space right now. Um, it's definitely a good time to play Manchester United. It is, and and Manchester United coming off of uh, some pretty uh, dismal performances in the league. I uh, can't say so in the in the Champions League. We've actually done fairly well in the Champions League overall. Uh, but yeah, we, um, I mean, we got dominated by Watford. Um, we lost. Let I, I will call it what it is. Like City had control of the game the entire time they played us. I mean, they only won two nothing, but. It could have easily been a whole lot more. Um, we got we beat Spurs randomly uh, in between, um, and pr- prior to that, got dominated by Liverpool. So, it's uh, to say it's a bad run of form is being nice. Uh, to say it's below standards is is an understatement. Um, Michael Carrick will be in charge again for the for the match this weekend because. Uh, Coach Ragnick is uh, working on his work permit, so he won't be able to be in England just yet. Um, and uh, I'll be straightforward with you, Kyle. The, the game plan might not be that much different than what, what we saw against uh, Villarreal. Uh, we, we will probably sit back and try to absorb as much as we can, uh, play on the counter. Uh, I would honestly look, for some reason, I don't ungodly reason, I don't know why, uh, Mark... Uh, Antonio, oh, sorry, Anthony Martial started against Villarreal. Um, I would probably say Marcus Rashford will will start against you guys, and you will probably see him trying to run in behind defenders. And if you get him, if Marcus Rashford lines up against Thiago Silva, Marcus Rashford wins that battle every day. In a foot race, in yes. a fo- oh, in a foot race, yeah, yeah. The, the but the and this happened. Uh, I think the last time we played you. We play, it was either the game we played at Old Trafford or Stafford Bridge that ended in a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing with Thiago Silva is, yes, he's 37 years old and he's not as fast, but he sees the game three to four moves ahead mm-hmm. to the point where he puts himself in a position where he doesn't have to get in many foot races. Right. But if, if Rashford does get in behind him, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> right. um, I don't expect it to happen often. I mean, honestly, the uh, the two players who've been able to play that ball um, accurately to to him in those scenarios uh, are Paul Pogba and Victor Lindelof, and only one of those is playing on Saturday or on Sunday. So yeah. um, it, Lindelof won't get many chances, but I mean, we're talking maybe one one good ball behind, and Rashford can score on that. And then realistically, the, the rest of what you're looking for is trying to keep Ronaldo from having his magic. That's yeah, <laughs> and I mean, if you guys do play like you did against Villarreal, you gotta hope we have the shooting boots that Villarreal used because they had. A, <laughs> and you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying no, to be yeah. an asshole, but Villarreal had a lot of good chances that were either saved by Dave. Dave had one really, really good save that I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
one of their players oh, he had a, was just he had a unmarked. Few, yeah. He was unmarked in the box and he mm-hmm. tipped it uh, around his right hand post. Mm-hmm. And it was a really, really nice save. But you don't want Dave to be busy on Sunday because if Dave is busy on Sunday, you guys are getting peppered. Talk, talk to me about your once you're after you finish this thought. Um, talk to me about your midfield. I want to know more about what's going on there because I know Conte came off as well injured this past. Yeah. So um, Conte came off in like the 30, 30th, 30-ish minute mm-hmm. um, against Juventus. He um, he went straight down the tunnel to get. Um, to get his knee looked at. It's a reoccurring theme with him, unfortunately, in his knees. Um, he picked up an injury late, late, late in the sorry season mm-hmm. when we won Europa League. And ever since then, he's just been dealing with nagging, recurring injuries. Um, I don't know if Mateo Kovacic is still healthy or if he's still out. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to be able be available for this game well if i remember correctly You're, didn't it wasn't it um oh no i'm forgetting his name he's got one of those hyphenated last names ruben loftus cheek loftus cheek came in yep right so so ruben loftus cheek came in for conte and he's had a, a renaissance of a season under tuchel so far so um ruben's best season was also under sorry and mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember but chelsea for whatever reason decided to play a friendly match in new England. Um, it was this, it was blow the whistle against hate. It was, it was a match for, to bring notice to anti-Semitism. Okay. And you know, it was, it was, it was a match for a good cause, but he got hurt playing on that awful field. And he, I mean, he just tore his knee up and he's been on, a, on the long haul back to where he is now and he's kind of reinvented himself because prior to this year he was more of an attacking midfielder you know mm-hmm. that um bruno fernandez role that's not really a midfielder right uh, according to scott apparently not a, not a center mid. um but he's kind of reinvented himself as a bigger stronger six type midfielder okay so he's been spelling conte when conte's needed to come out and he's really really good with the ball at his feet um, I think one of the stats I saw at the end of the Juventus game, he was tackled once. He had like 13 or 14 dribbles successfully. Um, so he's good with the ball at his feet. He's strong, obviously, and he can pick a pass. So mm-hmm. the mid Chelsea has, I don't want to call it an embarrassment of riches, but we have, we're fine in midfield. You know, mm-hmm. we have plenty of options. I think what you'll likely see against Man United is, um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Jorginho, and then potentially Saul, depending on how the game's going. But That's... I'd imagine that our double six would be Jorginho and Ruben Loftus-Cheek if Conte's not ready to go, which I don't think he will be. Okay. Because whenever whenever he gets injured, Tuchel likes to slow play it because he wants him to be as fit as possible. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're looking at the everything that's going on um in the in the league uh, right now this is a game that chelsea can afford to take a draw on realistically speaking now that wouldn't be good necessarily for for morale from the fans they wouldn't be too happy about that idea but i mean if you're looking at, at chelsea's upcoming you know fixtures it's not something it's not something that's it's not going to break the bank if they end up with a with a draw here i mean yeah that'll put them uh, you know, if City win, that'll put City only one point behind. But there's there's more important things 
I think that Chelsea have, um, you know, coming up more or less. I mean, they, they've got yeah. a ton of games coming up in, um, in December. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So maybe, maybe, maybe like you're saying, like, you know, to, to slow play the midfield. I mean, the other thing is, is where are we at with Lukaku? Is he. So he was on the bench against Juventus. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a chance he might start against United. I don't know if Tuchel's ready to throw him back in there. Okay. Um, but he's very, very close to coming back. Gotcha. I don't know if you remember the tackle that happened against him in the Malmo match, but mm-hmm. I'm surprised he didn't break his ankle. It uh, was an awful, awful tackle. It was just, it was, he, he injured some ligaments in his ankle and it's just been a real slow. Um, it was actually the perfect time for the international break for him because he was able to stay back and uh, receive treatment and recover. So yeah. If he doesn't start, and depending on what the score is, we might see him in like a cameo role. But I would expect Werner to start okay. over Lukaku health-wise. And then if Werner can't get the job done, uh, maybe see Lukaku come in with him and basically run a two-striker formation at the end of the game, have them okay. both up top. Gotcha. Um, and I think Kai Havertz is still out. He got hurt in the... Lester match when he came off he came off for Pulisic and apparently he came off because of an injury so we're we're kind of hobbled a little bit but we don't have one area that's overrun with injuries which is Mm -hmm. good you know sometimes you just have periods where all your midfielders are hurt or all your forwards are hurt and thankfully even though we have injuries they're kind of spread out yeah so So you're likely to see Werner in the middle and then flanked by Pulisic and Ziyech uh, I think we'll see Callum Hudson-Odoi get his A straight start. He's okay. been playing fantastic. Um, he So on the last international break, he actually refused to call up from the U23s or the U21s mm-hmm. because he wanted to stay and train with Tuchel. And he ever since then, he's had a run of starts. He scored against Juventus. He's, he's probably our best left winger um, okay. in terms of talent. He's the only issue he has is that he's young. He's still learning mm-hmm. to play in the prem, but he's getting better every game. And uh, I mean, he had the assist on the ZS goal against Malmo. I mean, it was a great, great assist. So it's, I think you'll see him, Werner, and then either ZS or Pulisic up top because ZS has been playing really well too. But I, I think at this point, you can't, you can't um, take Cho out, not with the way he's playing. Gotcha. So just for our listeners' sake, we we talk about the, uh, the uh, I talked about the upcoming run of fixtures, and this is happening for a lot of different Premier League teams, or m- most of the Premier League teams. But just to give you an idea, um, with the Champions League and the Carabao Cup sprinkled in there, here's how Chelsea's next four weeks go: they play Sunday, then Wednesday, then Saturday, then Wednesday, then Saturday, then Thursday, then Sunday, then Wednesday, then Sunday, then Wednesday. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's essentially two games year. a week. You know, kind yeah, of a busy part of the year. This is, yeah. but this is this is what we're used to. You know, pre-COVID, you're used to the Christmas season being mm-hmm. the busy part of the season. Yep. And that's because all the um, most of the um, competitions are in full swing. Um, you know, like you said, you have the Carabao Cup, you have the League Cup, you have Champions League, you have the Prem. So it's 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 this is the part of the season um, where depth becomes so important uh, yeah and chelsea has done a tremendous job both bringing in 
homegrown talent and through the transfer window um, buoying the squad. So I'm not worried about um, too many players getting uh, overworked. Yep. The only issue we might have with if Chilwell's out an extended period, um, there's been talk about potentially recalling Ian Matson, who is a young, I think he's under 21. I think he's 18, 19, 20. Uh, Got it. Coming back. So, all right. So, give us your pick. Chelsea. Scoreline. Uh, Chelsea more than Man United. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I'd, okay. I'd say That's two. A great score. <laughs> two nothing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jen, I'm going to take a draw in this match. I think okay. United, United are going to sneak a draw in this one. I should probably write these down. Yeah. You can just yeah. always listen again. I could. I could. I definitely could. I may be. Yeah, that's fine. I'll do that then. All right. What do you um, think? Um, I think at this point, uh, I think Chelsea is just, they're running hot right now. And so I think they're the safe pick in all honesty. I think you guys are going to rediscover some form, but you've got a whole bunch of injuries that you're dealing with. And I think that um, you have some of your, some of your, probably more dependable pieces you can't necessarily depend on right now because they're not available. Hmm. So it's just a bad time for you guys to play each other for you guys. Sorry. The reverse, the reverse fixture will look different. It will much different. After Bragg had his time to implement his system. So I'm glad we're playing you guys now. (laughs) pre-Ragnick At home too. So like you have to come, you have to come to old Trafford next. So that'll be good. Oh, yay. All right, uh, next game up is Man City versus West Ham. Uh, this is uh, honestly gonna a, a rather – this is an important match uh, for both sides. Both both are in the top four. Manchester City sitting in second at the moment uh, on 26 points. West Ham only three points back uh, in fourth place. Uh, this has obviously implications for the Champions League. West Ham had, had been flying uh, fairly high uh, recently but then uh, stumbled at Wolves last weekend which was uh, an upset that I don't think many of the pod members saw coming. Uh, but yeah, what are, you, what, are, what are our thoughts on this game? Jen? I, I would, I'm excited to hopefully see somebody maybe, uh, maybe West Ham will be able to do what PSG wasn't able to do, which um, would be really cool considering um, West Ham doesn't have the... the the players with the highlight reels, maybe, you know, the, the, the YouTube channels that are completely devoted to just (laughs) them. Um, Yeah. Like it's, I think it's going to be kind of that, that working class um, group versus the uh, one of the more notable oil clubs that are out there. So Mm. um, I don't know, like I'm, this is one of the, the weeks, this uh, one of the weeks matches that I'm most excited to see. Okay. Who wins? I'm gonna go with the draw. Go with the draw. All right. Very good. Kyle, what do you what are your thoughts? Um, I really want West Ham to beat Man City. <laughs> I, I can't but, imagine why. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna have to go with Man City because obviously they're coming off a two one win against PSG. Mm-hmm. West Ham's coming off a one nil loss to Wolves, which I don't think like you said, we certainly didn't expect. I don't think they expected it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Man City just has a little bit too much for them. It might be one of those 
one nil games, but one of those city one nil games where they dominate the game. Mm-hmm. Fair. Uh, that's a, a fair assessment, I think. And and the the worst part for West Ham in this scenario, situation is that City are they're humming. They're they're just yeah. like just like Chelsea and just like Liverpool right now. And I mean, realistically, the Premier League is a three headed monster, and West Ham are sitting just outside of that. And so it, it's I struggle to see City dropping these points. But Pep has an absolute (laughs) penchant for dropping games that he shouldn't in the worst possible way. Yeah. West Ham 4-0. Okay. All right. That was was a nice little plot twist. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) He's like, not not a squeak vibe. Not a squeak. No. We're talking talking full-on implosion style loss for them. Here right. for it. Okay. All right. Next up, Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa. Kyle, I'm to do you first on this one. Yeah. So it's uh, Stevie G's boys against Patrick Vieira. Um, I'm going to go Crystal Palace. A, I think they're playing the better football overall. And mm-hmm. they have uh, Chelsea Loney and Connor Gallagher, who is just lighting the league on fire for his age. And they have a former Chelsea player, Mark Gary who's the center back. Mm-hmm. So I have ties to Crystal Palace and uh, yeah, fuck Stevie G. So uh, Crystal <laughs> Palace. Jen. Alrighty then. So, um, yeah. So when you look at the, the run of form, the two clubs have had, um, I think it would be very easy to look at Villa's um, performance last week and just assume that it was kind of the, an aberration you know, because nobody really knew what to expect beyond that. They've lost um, the four previous matches. So there's obviously, there's not any kind of like magic elixir that you can take to fix all your problems. Like they obviously have, they have problems that they need to fix and stuff they have to address. Um, Palace, um, I'm going to, I agree with Kyle. Like I, I feel like Palace is playing the better football and they have you know a a new coach that's now 13 weeks into his season um yeah I mean I feel like Palace is probably in the better the better position even though they they drew with what Burnley last week Mm -hmm. um I don't like Burnley (laughs) anyway um yeah anyway uh yeah, I, I think I think Kyle's on to something. Like just as far as Palace, I think is probably in the better position to pull out a victory in the long run. Um and Palace is sitting at 10, Villa's sitting at 15. So uh, I think that would be an easy way to come at it. Okay. I uh I fully agree with you guys on the, the your assessment of, of Aston Villa. I think last week what we saw was the new manager bump. Uh, players coming out wanting to uh, wanted to, to show off for their for their new manager to want trying to earn their position earn their spot. We talked about on the pod last week that that was a, a real possibility for them, and it, it showed true uh, with their you know nice solid two a win over over Brighton, who are no easy pushover. Um, Palace for me, on the other hand, uh, I, there's there's no doubt that Patrick Vieira is is doing good work there, but they are such such an an anomaly based on their results. Going back uh, seven seven games, draw against Brighton, draw against Leicester, draw against Arsenal, 
draw against Newcastle, four draws in a row against teams from all over the table, you know, all different beat- levels. <laughs> and then they beat City 2 0, they beat Wolves 2 0, and then yeah. they draw against Burnley. Now, granted, Bur- uh, it looked like Burnley just had played out of their minds that game. So maybe that's the aberration that we're seeing here. And maybe Palace is really surging forward. Maybe they're really, you know, at the moment, they look like they're good enough to go and take a European spot, not a, not a Champions League spot, but possibly Conference League or, or even Europa League spot. So uh, I will tell you this, if they come out and, and put two, three goals on Villa and, and carry that game, look out you're gonna you're gonna see my prediction for them to to be in in a top six spot long term yes and to see yeah yeah I, so, yeah but, i could see that yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna call it for palace i say i say they win two nil all right what's our next matchup next match is uh, another another interesting one uh for, between some sides that have had up, ups and downs brighton versus leeds brighton hosting leeds uh now i mentioned that brighton dropped their last game uh to the to villa which was you know an anomaly but can be explained for sure uh leads have been not performing yeah they've been struggle bus this season they patrick bamford's been out for a while but even without him i mean even with him they weren't scoring goals so uh this one's kind of a bit more this is a bit of more of a challenging in the preview i will say i watched the lead spurs game Leeds did look good. Leeds looked like they really were hungry for mm-hmm. it. Uh, I don't think they've lost faith in Bielsa. I think they still believe in their manager. Uh, Daniel James is 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 running his his butt off for them, and he actually scored one of the goals, which was really nice to see. I mean, you know, I'm I'm happy for him to go on and get a a spot where he belongs, and, yeah. and to do to do well there. Um, and the game against Brighton, really, this. I feel like this is where Leeds level is like, this is their, their marker. If they can, uh, you know, turn a corner, if yeah. they can turn a corner, I mean, it's gotta be against a team like Brighton to do so. I mean, if they lose to get this game here, you know, it's going to, it might be a relegation battle again for them overall. Well, if you look besides, okay. So the loss against you guys, the loss to us, mm-hmm. Liverpool, I mean, and then like everything has been either a draw or they've lost by one. Like they haven't been really like walked hard by anybody. And right. so like you wonder how much of that is just the whole one possession game kind of heartbreaking, like things just haven't gone their way. Um, I think it's probably a little bit, they've just been unlucky. Mm-hmm. Then Bielsa's lost his magic. Mm-hmm. Very possible. So, very possible. So we may maybe we start to see the regression back to the mean. Maybe they've been on the unlucky side, and uh, and maybe next time that Scott's on the pod, he can give us the XG uh, calculation on this uh, to let us know uh, whether or not this is this is what we're about to see. But yeah, maybe maybe that is maybe that's it. We're just they they've been very unlucky not to score more uh, early on. And I mean, hell, if 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 this is what kicks it off for them, then then that's that's good for them. Um, but right now, I mean, they're sitting they're sitting in 17th and yeah. just, just outside two points outside of the relegation zone. So if they don't kick it into gear soon, they're, they're going to be back down visiting Fulham on a, on a weekly basis. Aww. Hey, Hey, Fulham's Fulham's running, running right in the championship. They're coming back to the premier league. So. Okay, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh goodness. Fulham still Fulham. Yeah, but but Scott anyway. Parker is now at Bournemouth. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Just All right. So what are, what do we have for predictions on this one? Ooh. I'll go Brighton. All right. Jen? I'm gonna go draw. Draw. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't think the. I don't think it's just gonna flip like a switch. Plus, Brighton, you know, I think probably got knocked in the teeth and have something to prove, maybe from last week. So, yeah, I agree. Brighton four now. <laughs> <laughs> was four nil like on your word of the day calendar today, Charles? Maybe it was. Yes. It was maybe part it, of his would numbers. You, would you like one of my word word of the day calendars? Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. Is that the last matchup? One more. One more to go. We got to we got to uh we got to do an assessment on the uh the team that can't beat the Romanian All-Stars. Burnley Ooh, hosts Spurs. Spurs. Conti's got a lot of work ahead of him. Do we think he fixes it this quickly? Okay. So Burnley is in, Jen has like, an irrational hate for Burnley that I can't quite place. <laughs> oh, they're so frustrating, which is, well, it's bizarre because individually I like some of their players, but collectively they're so frustrating. I just, they're mean. <laughs> when we had lunch, we were, Chelsea we were playing Burnley and I was, I was watching it on my phone, and all of a sudden, Jen went on this like five minute diatribe about how she can't stand Burnley. And it was just the yeah. most out of left field thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's like, just like, eat your wings. It'll I've be okay. Someone, <laughs> I've never heard someone have a bone to pick with Burnley in my life. <laughs> Until me. That's fine. That's fantastic. There's always that it. one kid. It'd be me. Always. Always. Uh, so what, do you th- what do you think, Kyle? Spurs bringing it um, back. So it's at Turf Moor. So Burnley's at home. Burnley is uh, notably, typically, you know, very compact in defense. They're not gonna, they're not gonna give up too much in terms of giving you chances to score. Um, but I think after what happened on Thursday, Conte's gonna have a point to prove. And Burnley is going to be the team that he proves that point against. So I think uh, Tottenham come away with the victory. All right. Jen? Here for that. 100%. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. Let's prove a point. Sure. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not picking Burnley. Just not doing it. <laughs> I will say this. I, here's here's my, my case for Burnley uh, possibly doing well this weekend. In the last seven Premier League games, Burnley has lost once, and that was to Man City. Relegation-threatened Burnley has lost one time in the last seven Premier League games, and that includes a match against league leaders Chelsea, in which they drew one-to-one. Yeah, Rather impressive, honestly. And in the last three matches, they've scored a total of seven goals which is rather impressive, again, for a relegation-threatened side. I think Burnley is starting to find its identity. I think that they are going to start climbing the table. I don't think they are 
good enough to push for any type of a Champions League spot or anything like that. I think their ceiling is right around 12th in the league uh, overall. But I think this is this might be their their time to make that move and and kind of show that uh, early season issues have been resolved. Uh, Spurs are reeling right now. Uh, I mean, the the results lately have not been good. They have not come out and shown uh, excellent play uh, by you know, by any stretch of the imagination. They've they've got some real things to work on, and and I don't know that Conte can turn things around that quickly. I think he needs, I think he needs more time, and I think he needs more the more of the players to be cohesive in the way in which they play. Is it possible Spurs win this game? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Spurs Spurs have the the ability to be be a good team. But right now they're not playing like a good team, and that's that's problematic. And and each one of us knows about watching our team be good enough to beat anybody, and not playing well enough to beat them. It's it's one of those like like illnesses that comes along yeah. where you're just like I, I don't understand why don't you play good? Um, and I think that's where Spurs are at right now. So uh, I'm picking Burnley in this one. I think Burnley take it down two one. <sighs> okay. having to type it in the spreadsheet i'm not happy about it the sigh of derision and tells us everything (laughs) oh man all right well let's uh let's move on to some some more i don't know if it's happy news uh maybe a little fantasy update jen yeah give us a pick them update first before we move on to fantasy um i'm not in first um eric eric is doing considerably better in pick them than he's doing in fantasy and it's a low bar <laughs> true um yeah so i don't know some people got some stuff right i i haven't updated <laughs> the spreadsheet i don't know it's been a long week but fantasy what are we looking at um so Inkart, the sushant Mane is still in first um so why does he get to okay so we looked at our our pick'em so we have a, a fantasy thing that we're doing where we actually did the draft and just now 13 weeks into the season they're telling us we have to change our names <laughs> the names of our teams like just now 13 weeks in it's ridiculous the decency police have come through and uh and right your, your stuff is lucky number three Right. So in that one, Skiff's kicking butt. He's like 40 points ahead of everybody. Um, Scott's in second. Then me, then Brandon, then Charles, then Kyle, then Christian, then Eric. And yeah. Okay. And then as far as our big one goes, um, so the way we're kind of, Eric is not last in that one. He's 29th out of 31. So that's cool. It's all right. He's got it. Good job, Eric. Staging a comeback. Um, Actually, he's tied. Oh, wait. No. Anyway. Okay. Um, So Skiff is in, he's the highest placed pod member in our Five at the Back podcast. Pick them. So our biggest point winner looks like it was maybe brian webster good on you brian all right brian yeah good man yeah he got yeah 74 points this past week 
Oh, nope, I take that back. Um, Hooligans by Gabor Toruk. Got 78. Sneaky, sneaky fella. I, I don't know yeah. him personally, but I do know Brian. Brian, you'd like him. He's a Liverpool fan, so. Uh, you! Brilliant. L- little, little unfortunate that in that department, but he's a good guy overall, so. God knows we don't have enough Liverpool fans. True. <laughs> oh, hey, never mind. I got 78 points, too. Never mind. Go me. Hey, that's cool. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, no, it's going. It's all right. So looking at the calendar, do we have some weeks coming up where there will be two games in one week? You tell me. Uh, um, you're the more experienced, like in, fantasy in, player. Here, in fantasy, uh, I'll have to take a look. I, I will take a look and and uh, I will I will get back to you. Okay. <laughs> I have to open it up. I haven't, I haven't looked to see. Uh, You're like, maybe? maybe. I don't know. I'm Ron Burgundy. I don't know. All right. It's it's so, it's a good shout. I mean, honestly, coming into the to the the Christmas time uh, of the year is usually when we have multiple game weeks. Uh, so that's a that's a good chance. I don't think it'll happen for a couple of weeks though, because of how many how many other things they've got going on. Trying to figure out where you can see. We've got some Carabao action going on and some yeah. FA action going on. We'll see, but I will. I will try and I will investigate, and I will let you know for sure. All right. All right. So, thank you, Jen, for the update on fantasy. <laughs> All right, as as everybody can tell, Eric is not with us today, so we uh, we don't have our regular what in the world of football. We so in 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 our uh, our best possible way. Uh, Kyle and I have, have found a couple of things to, to mention in that stead. Uh, first and foremost, I, I, big congratulations goes out to the uh, Florida State University women's soccer team who uh, bested University of Michigan today, one mil. Uh, moving on to the, the... Sorry there, Wolverines. That's you guys, right? Oh. Like you teach there, right? Okay. No. I don't, <laughs> I don't teach there, but I live near there. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Anytime um, we get to beat Michigan in a sport, it's a good day. Hey, it's not. It's, uh, can't 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 really be that bad of a thing. So, uh, but yeah, moving on to the uh, the College Cup uh, final final is it the final four? Is that officially? Yeah, final four. Uh, believe so. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, another chance for the the Knowles to go and, and grab a national title, which is always a great thing. Marker Corian's done done really really good things with that program. Uh, so. Good luck to the ladies. Uh, I wish them the best. I hope that they uh, they play their hearts out and and bring another title home. That'd be wonderful. So, uh, and then Kyle has submitted uh, to the group the the drawings for the playoff in the UEFA uh, World Cup qualifiers. Uh, Kyle, why don't you uh, tell us about all that? Yeah. So, uh, as everybody knows, there the World Cup for twenty twenty two is next year in Qatar. It is a a winter World Cup. And in the European qualifiers, they have the playoffs. So there are certain teams that didn't automatically qualify, but they fell into a playoff bracket. There are 12 of them. There's They're called paths A, B, and C. So in path A, you have Wales, Austria, Scotland, and the Ukraine. 
Path B, you have Russia, Poland, Sweden, and the Czech Republic. And then Path C, you have Portugal, Turkey, Italy, and North Macedonia. And essentially, one team from each of these pathways will qualify for the World Cup next year. And the biggest thing to come out of this was the fact that one of Portugal or Italy, or potentially both, depending on how those games go, will not qualify for the 2022 World Cup, which, considering... They're the two previous winners of the Europe, uh, the Euros, um, is yeah. quite a fall from grace, especially for Italy since they only won the Euros last year. Um, well, it looks I mean, like it's going to be a, an interesting um, playoff. Some of these teams met, I believe, in the Euros as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. and I think all three groups with except the potentially path C, I think everyone expects Portugal and Italy to play each other, but paths A and B have two are going to have two or three good games, the two, and then the final in each pathway. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. The playoffs are always interesting because, you know, the teams are fighting for their right to represent their country in the world cup. And um, yeah. So do you guys like know a, when these games are going to happen? Uh, I think in March is when the playoff is supposed to go. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, Another path- international break. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> Thank God it's not right away. That's all that matters. <sighs> um, but yeah, no, that path B is that is a that is just an insane group of four teams: Russia, Poland, Sweden, and Czech Republic. And I mean, oof. the the only team I, I was telling Kyle this before we started. The only team that I I can confidently say that probably won't move on is Russia, uh, but any one of the other three could, could make it. And so, I mean, if there's a, if there's a group of death, it's that one right there. Yeah. So yeah. Of the three, I think that one's the most intriguing. Yeah. Um, Poland is gonna, we know Poland is going to go. However, Lewandowski goes. So if he sh- if he shows they up, just, and they is should able just put score. the Lewandowski's up there on the yeah. on the thing. So. If, but if he if he shows up ready to go against Russia, then I expect Poland to win that match. Um, but I think Path B is the most interesting, followed by Path A, and then I think Path C is a little bit inevitable. Although I wouldn't I wouldn't count Turkey out. No, but I expect Ronaldo to drag portugal's carcass across the finish line much like he's doing with man united right hey, now hey, hey, hey. um so i think it'll be a portugal turkey or a portugal italy uh final game in path c to see who goes to the world cup and i think it'll be really really wild if italy misses two world cups in a row would be uh, like a, a national nightmare i feel like for them yeah especially considering they just won the arrows i mean talk about peaks and valleys correct Correct. It'd be uh, like that sometimes. It do, it do be like that sometimes. It do be like that. <laughs> uh, Jen, an update on, on your question about the fantasy. Um, if I'm if I'm reading this or if I'm seeing this correctly, this is actually it's I'm glad you asked because this is uh, different than previous seasons. It looks like there will be no double game weeks, no situations where teams have two games in what? a quote unquote fantasy league game week. What they've done instead is broken the game weeks up by non-traditional weeks. So we're not, it doesn't have to cover seven days or anything like that. Instead, they're, they're making more weeks out of there because of the, the truncated timetable. And so you'll, uh-huh. what the, our listeners and all the fantasy players will have to pay attention to is game weeks 
like starting and ending at different times. So like it could start on a Tuesday, end on a Thursday, and then have another one starts on Saturday, right. ends on Monday and that kind of situation. So, um, and I, one specific one I noticed is uh, boxing day, which for those who are not familiar with it, that's December 26th, day after Christmas um, on boxing day, that, that day is a week. Yeah. So it's just one day and that's the week and, and all but one game is on that day. And there's one game on the 27th that also counts into that week as well, but you basically have to have it for just the, the one plus day and that's it. And so, um, yeah, so be beware of dates and times and due dates and getting your lineup set and all that kind of stuff coming up. Cause that's taking your really, captains. Yep. Especially, especially because those, your star players will get rested against the weaker teams, uh, yeah. in this, in this busy fixture period. You know, us having that conversation, I just realized that those things were an option again. Like the triple <laughs> captain and the bench boost and stuff. Okay. Cool. Oh, and you're ahead of me in the game. Uh... Just kidding. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for, uh, for tuning in. Uh, once again, we always have a great time uh, chatting about Premier League uh, stuff and all the fun stuff that goes on. Uh, do look out uh, in the very, very near future for, we're going to, like I said, probably put together a United mini pod soon uh, for all of our United fans to, to hear what we have to say about the, uh, the incoming uh, manager potential for multiple managers coming up soon. So uh, listen out for that. And uh, we want to say happy holidays and I hope uh, to see you all next week. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. <laughs>